Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. <laughs> Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show. I'm not Will, but I'm doing the intro like Will as a tribute to Will. He, Will is here. He's, Will isn't dead. We're going to talk about the NXT main event change. We're going to talk about the G1 Climax reaching its finale. We're going to talk about Keith Lee, Madison Square Garden, and the promise that John Cena will unleash something new on us on the 1st of September. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with TalkSport. How did I do, Will? You did great, buddy. I can't impersonate you. anyone tell you any different. I can't impersonate you. Yeah, well, don't try then. Do your own thing. All be right, ne- your own man. <laughs> Next time I'm allowed to do the intro, I'll be my own man. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, no, we're not in the same place. You might be able to tell, because um, I'm in great quality and Will sounds like he's in a toilet. Um, you're not in the toilet, are you? <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not in the toilet. I am... Um, in my front room we were originally going to do this in like high quality but from different places and then the um and then yeah that flamed out on us unfortunately but uh yeah it's all good it's all good life and technology always gets in our way doesn't it yeah and uh, look first of all is to apologize that this show isn't coming out until saturday instead of our usual midweek show and because of that we're going to do kind of a, a shrunk down there we no reviews just a little news chat yeah and then we'll um have two interviews for you nina samuels uh new nxt uk women's division member and travis banks the recently former progress champion uh he of dislocated shoulder fame from that horrible injury at fight club pro but we spoke to him over the opening weekend tapings of nxt uk as well so we'll bring you both those interviews a little bit of news chat keeping it just a little bit stripped down this week Strip down. You're speaking ever so slightly softly. <laughs> it's, it's like we're it's doing the pro wrestling. It's because we're doing the like we're doing the pro wrestling show after hours, <laughs> like when they do like Love <laughs> Island Two or whatever they call it. Um, talking of uh, Travis Banks, he kind of I don't know if we talked about this last week. I can't remember, but he's kind of influenced this new rule that they've got where independent talent can't work for a week before NXT tapings, which must kind of hamper their bookings quite significantly. Yeah, it's only affected one person for these upcoming events. I think that's because at the end of August with SummerSlam and everything else going on, um, you know, 
quite a few people end up going out and working at the um, at the access events at SummerSlam anyway. And, and the, I think that you know, they do lots of indie shows. It's similar to WrestleMania weekend. They do indie shows around it. And it, essentially, it just means that going forward, they'll have to not be booked. It, the real kind of pain on it is the weekend before, the Saturday, Sunday, because obviously the weekends are where you get the bulk of your bookings. Everyone loves a midweek graps, but... Um, it, it's a pain, but you completely understand why they do it as well. And maybe they'll uh, they'll sort of you know reimburse them as part of their contract with WWE for doing that. I guess you know it's got to work both ways, doesn't it? You know they don't want them injured for the tapings, but they can't stop them working too much. Surely, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they do. Fair. Who knows? We'll ne- we'll never find out. So you know, good. Um, I've just sent you, uh, again on Travis Banks, I've just sent you a free match for this week. Because we've got Travis on the show, our free match this week comes from Rev Pro On Demand. They're doing a new thing, Free Match Fridays. So, you know, we might end up using a few of their shows. Um, But their free match Friday this week is um, Travis Banks against Jay White from their Summer Sizzler last year They're, this year summer sizzle is coming up next friday august 17th tomorrow Ishii is uh, headlining a uh, very exciting stuff um so uh, you know summer sizzle again there are still a few tickets available for that your call and they're in southampton on the sunday as well david star is all working both events but yeah travis banks against jay white will be our next free match uh, of the week. This week we had the uh, Christopher Daniels against AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, the five star triple threat in TNA. Lots of uh, good feedback on that one. Matt Eddy said, Matt Eddy said, holy sh, this is brilliant. I've never been a TNA fan, but I've often heard good things. Although I believed people when they spoke so highly of Styles and Joe and TNA, this just emphasizes that. And Christopher Daniels was great too. Excellent recommendation. Um, who else came in? Such a great match. Stephen Adams, all the stars aligned for me. This was the high point of TNA. Alicia says, I think I watched this one when it happened live. Epic to rewatch it though. Although there was one doubter coming in. Steve said, I preferred the match with Daniels and Joe that time where Styles threw in the towel. Yeah, similar to what we saw with NXT and the um, the tag change recently. With Mustache uh, Mountain. Exactly, yeah. that one. Uh, Styles and, and Daniels, that was the story they were telling of those two and their friendship. And yeah, it was that was a good match. I don't think it lived up to the two triple threats. They had another one in 2009, which you can also find on YouTube. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it quite lived up to those two matches. But what we will do this week is we're going to have, we won't talk about this week's Raw and SmackDown because there's not much to say. No. But we'll do the go home shows this coming week and we'll pre- do a big SummerSlam preview uh, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Sounds like a very good plan to me. Well, so, so that match then, uh, Jay White versus Travis Banks, the, the Kiwi Buzzsaw versus the Switchblade, although he probably wasn't the Switchblade then, um, that is now pinned to our, our Twitter page at Pro Wrestle Show so uh, you can find it really easily and uh, yeah just watch it and, and tweet us what you think like you've just heard those people do because uh, it's kind of cool to watch something all together not at the same time and discuss it really exactly yeah. exactly it's like a community Lovely. feel I like it's like Neighbourhood Watch except a little bit more <laughs> violent <laughs> Neighbourhood Rest Watch <laughs> something like that <laughs> Neighbourhood Wrist Watch that's what it's okay I, do, yes, I know, yes, I know yes. what you said now. Yeah, as I said it, I realise what you said. I'm quite tired. Uh, you might be able to tell from my voice, but let's let's crack on. Um, I quite like the fact that they've obviously changed the NXT Takeover main event, and I quite like that they've not just said 
Alistair Black's got a bad groin, he can't be in it. They've kind of made it into a story. They've kind of used that as a, a reason to create possibly another feud. They've gone, who's run over uh, <laughs> Stone Cold with it, haven't they? Um, oh, and then yes. What they brilliantly did was, I, I, I'm a big fan of that, but what they then did is they then released three videos on Twitter of three different perspectives of the attack. So two from... Uh, NXT TV cameras who were based at different parts of the arena rushing to where the attack happened. One was filming a backstage bit with William Regal and he got the call that something had happened in the car park so one followed him. The other one was in like the, the bus area and, and chased down when they heard something going on. And then one from uh, the handheld camera view of um, uh, I can't remember who it was now actually. I've not, seen, I've the- not seen these. I didn't know they existed. So I, I can't ah, right, but what they've done is, from each of them, they've teased. In the first one, you get, as William Regal's leaving the building, Johnny Gargano enters the building and kind of says, oh, sorry, like, gets out of his way. In the second one, you see um, Tommaso Ciampa walking away with the title over his shoulder. While everyone else, basically, while everyone else is running towards the incident, everyone else is walking away. Yeah. What I thought was quite interesting is that the third video shows ricochet getting in his car and somebody goes hey man what's happened what's happened rick says i don't know man i'm just leaving (laughs) and gets in his car and i think they're trying to tease that maybe it could be ricochet as well and not actually one of the two people involved in the main event and then if alistair black's injury isn't serious enough to keep him out longer term you could see him if Ricochet the wins the North American title next weekend or whether he loses it, you could see him going into a programme with Alistair Black like they teased at the UK tapings, maybe. So they might try and do a bit of a, a shock and surprise with it. I like it because it's just something different rather than just they're injured, we're going to have to make it... It's making the best uh, of a bad situation. Exactly. You know, I, I mean, there is a curveball, Will. What's the curveball, John? Curveball is the king of bros. Oh, if Matt Riddle... If, oh, so it's widely accepted if you've not seen that Matt Riddle has allegedly signed a, a three-year contract. It's, you know, all the usual people reporting it and, and when uh, and when the sort of big names kind of confirm these things, then, you know, it's going to happen. He's obviously going to appear at TakeOver. But wouldn't it be good if he was standing uh, at TakeOver, you know, in the crowd like Keith Lee was recently, but then something actually happens. It's interactive with that. I would like that. And it's two martial arts, guys. It's a nice first programme for, for Matt Riddle to go into. Yeah, I like it. Interesting. Yeah. Have you seen that um, TakeOver is starting one hour earlier? Yeah, longer. Than usual start time. Yeah. Now, looking at... They're not doing any extra matches as far as we're aware at the moment. Still Shader Pedro against Kyrie Zane, as we're aware about. Adam Cole against Ricochet, as we mentioned. Mustache Mountain getting their rematch for the Tag Championships. Velveteen Dream against DC3. And now, as we know, Tommaso Ciampa against Johnny Gargano in a last man standing match for the NXT Championship. It's not how I wanted Gargano Ciampa 3 to happen. I did want it to be for the title. It just feels like the story could have been told over like another series of months building up to Survivor Series. But like you said, best of a bad situation. They've put on two five-star matches this year already. Now you're putting them in a last man standing match, um, you know, upping the ante further. I'm not a big last man standing match person. No, nor am I. You lose near falls. You lose part of the way of building the drama of a match. 
But if anyone's going to pull it off, these two will pull it off with a plum. And I feel like the extra hour has been added just for those two. That match could be an hour. Why oh. not? Why not? Oh. Why not go 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 beat David Starr's time? You know, 104 minutes. You want them to go for <laughs> nearly two hours? Well, I think, yeah, that would probably get a little bit tedious. But it'd be all right. I mean, like, basically, I want Matt Riddle, if Matt Riddle is, as we think, going to be involved in NXT, I want Matt Riddle to be involved from the start. I don't want him to sort of start out doing sort of, you know, exhibition matches or whatever. I want him to be involved in it straight away. And maybe... Um, it- they're so desperate Sorry, to get him, he's negotiated this kind of thing. And he's like, no, I, you know, I want to be in it straight away. And I don't want to wear shoes. And I want to smoke weed. <laughs> All of the list of demands. Yeah. The, the Matt Riddle rider. It's like transfer <laughs> deadline day. He could really push it towards the end of the, the window because they needed to get him in. And then obviously, uh, Alistair Black getting injured. They're like, oh, we've got to go back to him. We're going to have to let him do the shoes thing. Yeah. Um- Let's um the only other bit from WWE I wanted to mention this week was Keith Lee's debut in NXT. <laughs> Did you bust? We we've we've picked this up a lot. Yes. And I was slightly disappointed. Why were you slightly disappointed? So they put him up against uh, Marcel Bartle, apparently is how they're pronouncing it. Formerly Axel Dieter Jr. of Ringkampf, yes. friend of uh, our favourite Volta. Um who has not had a lot of time in NXT due to injuries, etc., but was pretty over with the crowd already. And yes, Keith Lee ends up beating him, but it was, I almost wanted it. I want Keith Lee to be thrown in there with a proper developmental talent. We can just destroy, run through a signature offense, look really impressive and then walk away. But instead they had this kind of odd 50, 50 match where Keith Lee ended up dominating, but not really. Mm. And it was kind of, it was just a weird match. It didn't quite come together in the in the right way. And like we know what Keith Lee's capable of, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot of how brilliant he is. This was just a bit of a weird introduction, I thought. It does, but yeah, I think when they brought other talent through, they have done that where they've just kind of come out. They've had the big entrance, they've had the big build up, they've won easily, and everyone loves them. And yeah, you're right with that. And yeah, I wonder big why old, they've done that. Big old squishy squashy. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, on the on the note of on the note of WWE, May Young Classic has obviously been um, filmed this week. Which I mean, we're not. Oh, gonna, Tegan Knox. Let's, Poor Tegan let's Knox. Not, yeah, we're not going to spoil anything other than the fact that Tegan Knox, who has had a lot of injuries before and quite what serious are you injuries, calling her by a WWE name. Say again. <laughs> Said, look at you calling her by a WWE name. Uh, well, she's always Nixon Yule to me. Um, you know, as a, as a fellow Welsh um, pretender. Um, Hero. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, they still haven't really confirmed what she's done, have they? I think Triple H came out at the filmings, and lots of people are tweeting saying he thinks they broke it, that she's broken a leg um, against Rhea Ripley. And um, but then obviously, like they've they've kind of kept it quiet because obviously they don't really want to talk too much about the results because they want people to watch it and kind of not spoil it for themselves. Um, yeah. And she's come out and written a big thing and obviously people are giving her loads of support and a lot obviously the UK indies that she's worked with before are. But um, it's just really bad luck and uh, probably very gutting for her. Yeah, 100%. Devastating from someone we thought... I thought she'd go at least through the first round. Um, I know who Rhea Ripley then went on to face because she didn't get through the first round against Rhea Ripley due to the injury. Um, And... Apparently had a really good match with the person she had in the second round. I mean, it's a bit of a weird one this year for the May Young Classic, and I'm 
I'm not spoiling anything because I don't actually know any of the results. Okay. But I'm so convinced that when you go out and you sign the best women's wrestler in the world in Io Shiari <laughs> and then put her straight into something like the Mae Young Classic, which apparently she was scheduled to win last year until an injury prevented her from making a WWE debut, I suspect she's going to win it. Yeah. I know some of the results. Um who who do you think's going to get through? I think they've only done up to the quarterfinals, haven't they? I think um, so far. Who who do you think's going to get through? Oh, I haven't. Well, I haven't really looked at the field. Think, in that all right, step. let's think about the the people we we know from uh, from the UK scene. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just well, so interested I in think, what you I think. think. I think Tony Storm and Ginny should both do reasonably well because they want to put over the UK division. So yep. I would see them both as likely quarter finalists, if not, if not semi finalists. Can even. I smash your dream and tell you that they faced each other in the first round? Oh my god! What? Yeah, I was annoyed about That's... that as well. I won't tell you who won, but I'm pretty annoyed about it because yeah, we want to see them both do well, and they've just gone nah. Sorry, not today. Oh. I, I, I mean, it kind of adds to my feeling. Well, no, because saying this is probably gonna will will probably give away who I think. Uh, no, I think we just, both know who out of those two is likely to get pushed first. So other people I think will do well. I think Mako Satomura will do well mm-hmm. because again, big signing from Japan. I think um, Diona Perazzo will do well because. You know, they've pulled her off the all-in card to go into the May Young Classic. Yes. They can't, like, it's like you were saying about Matt Riddle, incentives needed. Also, Marty Skull was at one of the filmings. Oh, really? Well, he tweeted a picture. I mean, he Instagram storied a picture, unless someone sent him a picture and he's Instagram storied it. But, yeah, I mean, like, he was in Florida with her on Instagram, so why wasn't he there? There you go. There you go. Interesting. Um, on that point, Ring of Honor... New yes. Japan, G1 Supercard at uh, at Madison Square Gardens on the 6th of April, the day before WrestleMania, has sold out. That's Nuts. obviously going up the same night against NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 5. Are they going to call it that? Because surely it's going to be in Brooklyn when they do the... Um, well, that's going to be weird. They're going to have an extra one in Brooklyn, despite the fact they always do one in Brooklyn every year anyway. But sorry, <laughs> I'd never really thought about that before. <laughs> Just hit um, you, isn't it? 12,000 tickets in pre-sale. Now, um, apparently 18,500 seats is the approximate, and they say they have sold it out. Uh, Joe Coff, the Ring of Honor CEO, we're humbled and appreciative of our fans and their belief and support of Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. All we can say is thank you. Look, this is it's obviously a big deal. It's going to be it's Ring of Honor's biggest ever crowd, and... The fact they're doing it with New Japan obviously makes a big difference towards that. But I do think we have to take some context with it and say, would they sell out Madison Square Garden hmm. in a midweek yeah. car yeah. in the middle of yeah uh, <laughs> October? It's Mania weekend. All of the nerds are, are going to descend on New York anyway. That's what they want to go and see. They won't all get tickets for TakeOver because it's a much smaller venue than Mania itself. I think I'm not surprised it sold out. 
maybe that it sold out so quickly and it is still great for them. I don't want to take away from it. It is cool, but I, I also don't want to make out that absolutely game-changing for indie wrestling. Well, I think All In was maybe a little bit more of a surprise because obviously that is just a standalone event, you know? All 12,000 people, all 10,000 people at All In will probably all be at the Ring of Honor New Japan oh, yeah. card as well. I mean, like where, where, those weekends where there's the big events on. There's there's more marks there than like in a, on a ten year old rental car. So like it's it's Mark Town. They, I mean, like they should change the name of Brooklyn to Mark Town, um, <laughs> which is you know it's a good thing. I'm not I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's good. Um, By the way, yeah. Did you see how much All In is costing on pay per view? No, I actually haven't. I've seen that it's on so, pay-per-view. I, I, I don't know which one it's on in the UK. Like I'm so confused by it all. So it's on Fight TV, the same people who are doing, um, as, as we mentioned last week, who are doing the Ring of Honor stuff right. here in the UK. Right. Now, pay-per-view events in America are a lot more expensive. They really I are. UFC's mental. Yeah, it, and, and it's the culture, and it's the idea is that if you're going to buy it at home you're going to have a viewing party. So the fact you're paying $100 for the HD version of UFC isn't actually that bad because you split it between you and all your buddies. But, you know, over here, if you're paying anything more than 20 quid for a pay-per-view event, you're not happy about it, are you? Pretty pricey, isn't it? So it will be $39.99 for US viewers. And £38 for people in the UK. Oh, it's like when you buy anything from Apple now. They've kind of made the prices fairly similar, haven't they? Wow, that sucks. Yeah. I think it's um, I think it's been a really bad PR move for them. I would have... Because they initially advertised it at £17. People bought it at £17. And they've gone, oh, no, we put the wrong price up. Oh, uh, I think that there's... there's various different internet forums who think different ways about whether or not they're going to honour that original £17 price. Some have had £38.99 appear on their bank statement. Others have had £17 appear on their bank statement. But, yeah, it's not good, is it? Depends how tech-savvy you are. Maybe maybe you could engineer uh, the option to pay in dollars by, uh, by masking your IP. Why are you suggesting such things? Oh, we have not. never done these things. And all I'm saying yeah. is I've heard there's technology which allows you to do that. <laughs> uh, you just wanted to mention George Cena before we quickly mention G1 Climax and get to our interviews. I do want to mention John Cena. It has been announced at the big Melbourne uh, WWE Super Show at the MCG uh, that John Cena will face Kevin Owens. And um, I was just wondering, because I don't know if I care. Do you care, Will? I mean... They had a really good rivalry for a while and they're both good wrestlers and I think they'll put a good match on. So that's all good. But it's in Melbourne. <laughs> and that's, that's... And, we'll get to, and it means watching wrestling at like seven in the morning, which actually, was fun when we did it from Japan. So So actually we do care. Yeah. Not that much, though. No. Well, there's also the John Cena thing, which you you just uh, you I didn't know about this. I, I, what have I done with my life this week? I don't know. Um, <laughs> that John Cena is preparing to unleash a hot new move on us. And, he's going to add a sixth move of doom. And he's he's he, I I've just said to you off off before we start recording this that I would love for it to be something really tongue in cheek and actually like 
the worm or something just something stupid <laughs> novelty but apparently he's teased that it's going to be something martial arts based yeah martial arts based because it's happening in shanghai at their big show in china and he's been training out there with some martial arts specialists and yeah you know right whatever so we're, we're kind of deciding that it's going to be if it's martial arts it's going to be some kind of ufc style thing it'll just be an arm bar like everyone else is doing right now <laughs> yeah, Ronda probably. rousey arm bar becky lynch i feel sorry for becky lynch she did the arm bar i mean like technically Ronda rousey did the arm bar for real probably before becky lynch but in wwe you know she suddenly lost her arm bar isn't she didn't oscar do an arm bar as well uh yeah 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 <sighs> yeah, Why? Yeah, okay, so I mean, like answers on a postcard. If you if you think you know what scene is going to unleash at pro wrestle show, just fire ideas at us. I'd like to think it's some kind of high flying thing because he doesn't really do that. Um, we know he's dropped a bit of weight. He posted a picture of himself with longer hair, which is the weirdest thing. And um, he's been like doing a new training plan, and he's got all lean. So you know, maybe he's doing some high flying shiz high flying shiz uh we should very quickly mention because it's only quickly mentionable due to the fact that the block b finales will be happening probably before we even manage to get this thing uploaded but um uh, the g1 climax all comes to a climax on sunday night we know that it's going to be on one side of things hiroshi tanahashi he had to get at least a draw in his final group a match against okada uh, he ended up going all the way to the 30 minutes tanahashi hit a high fly flow off the top okada kicked out as time expired it was a brilliant match close to a five-star match but uh, you know, great history, obviously, between those two. But Tanahashi does make it through to Sunday's final, where he'll face, because the way Block B is set up, any of Ibushi, Naito, or Kenny Omega. Naito goes against Zack Sabre Jr., who's actually on the same points as him, two points behind the two leaders. But because of the way it works out, Zack Sabre Jr. can't actually win it. So Naito faces Zack Sabre Jr., Ibushi faces Kenny Omega, and whoever comes out on top will face Tanahashi on Sunday. It promises to be really special, so go and watch it. But that's about all we can say, because by the time you're listening to this, you'll probably already know who the finalist is. <laughs> I was going to say, um, very quickly, who do you think is going to be in the final? And B, my thoughts on it are, any of them would make an amazing match anyway, so who cares? I've been backing Ibushi for a while. Okay. But obviously, they like the idea of having the champ at Climax, maybe putting the title on the line. I think it makes it more predictable if that's what happens. So I think it'll be... I think it'll be... Sorry, my wife is just pointing something out to me in the garden while we're in the middle of recording, and I just realised that I... <laughs> I just completely realised that I, I stopped and that I'd forgotten we were recording because I'm doing this on my phone. I just basically forgot what we were doing. Did you just think you were on the phone to me? <laughs> yeah, basically. Great, great. It's nice uh, to know that you'd give less of a toss that I was on the phone than if you were recording a podcast. Good. I'd like Ibushi to win. Yes. Because I'd like um, Ibushi against Omega for the title further down the line at uh, Osaka Joe Hall. Fine. Okay, good. Well, as, as you say, this might have all happened already, but yeah, good. I, 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 right. I don't have a preference. I think I think it would be really good anyway because all these people that you're mentioning are really good. 
I'm, I'm so easily now. pleased this week, Will. I'm just tired. Come on. <laughs> You're tired. I need to get on with my life. Let's yes. get to our interviews. Go on. We'll, which, which way around do you want to go? I'm going to let you choose. Oh, of course you are. Cop out. Yeah. We'll start off with Nina Samuels. I knew it would be Nina Travis Samuels. Back. No, it's because I thought you'd go for Nina Samuels first. It's fine. It's good. You're ridiculous. Right, delighted to welcome uh, Nina Samuels on today. Nina, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Well, no, delighted to have you. And, and well, I guess first of all, you wrestled night one at the uh, NXT UK tapings. What's that? Oh, it you? was absolutely amazing. I was so excited to hear that I was going to be on night one and be on show one as well. So really exciting. Um, wrestled Tony Storm as well. So she was one of the first girls that I ever wrestled when I started wrestling and vice versa when she first came over from Australia. I was one of the first girls she worked with, so quite nice to sort of bring it full circle and be the first women's match there on NXT UK. So really exciting. How did you? How did your kind of wrestling journey start then? Um, my wrestling journey almost kind of started by accident. I was a dancer initially, so I was a professional dancer for about four years. Um, but I'd always watched wrestling grow up. I was sort of brought up by my two older brothers. Who, so when people ask me when, what age I started wrestling pretty much from about birth or even though I wasn't really taking it in much at the time um, so I've always grown up with wrestling in the house but never really saw it as something that you could do to me it was always oh this is what they do in America so that's why it's so great now that we've got this platform here um, so everyone can see that we do have a great platform here at British Wrestling um, so then I think it was after about four years of dancing I just sort of was steadily feeling like oh I'm not sure if I'm really fitting in here I wanted to do my own thing I always liked putting all this style and all this energy in it and dancing is very much about fitting in with the lineup um and then I was just watching wrestling one evening and just for some reason probably exhaustion after doing about 14 auditions in 11 days which is like oh I might give that a go <laughs> um as you do um so yeah again gave it a go I was like wow kind of feels natural feels like this is what I should have been doing this whole time so that was about four years ago and it's you know, just blown up ever since and the industry's grown in that time as well. So super exciting time to be a part of it. I think it is particularly interesting that the UK women's scene and how that's grown over recent years. Because I can remember going to indie shows three or four years ago yeah. and, and if every other show you had one women's match, that was kind of surprising. And now there's pressure on them to have two or three a show. Yeah, exactly. And we have like, um, you know, there's wrestling promotions that are all women so you have all women's shows and you know we sold out like a seven eight hundred seats of venue on an all women's show so it's amazing that it's getting this platform that i feel like it deserves now and it's great for us women as well because we're not just the token match on the show and it's not just oh we're in the women's spot like it's all part of the show and you know there's multiple women's matches multiple segments multiple storylines so it's really really exciting i'll tell you the first couple of times i saw you wrestle and one of them's the show you've just mentioned york hall yeah uh, <laughs> ladder match an unbelievable ladder match as well at Thank Wrestle you. Queen. and i think it's really interesting we're at a time right now where wwe on the, the kind of main product is mm -hmm. being very proud of these firsts firsts hell yeah. in a cell first money in the bank match first going on and i think it's kind of it's more a statement than a question but it's great to see that actually it's wrestling on an equal and actually doing the booking and everything is the same yeah. as it would be if it was a men's ladder match it's not yeah exactly you're not being shied away from doing these extreme matches you know in wwe they had the first ever women's money in the bank match and then we had you know a similar a similar sort of storyline with our ladder match so it was great being a part of that my first ladder match so um 
nervous, but I think, I think we pulled it off. I think it went well. And similar to like what you're saying is being held up in equal regard as the men. What was nice is there was a big show on the other side of town on the same day. And a lot of the male wrestlers would then come, come over to watch our show afterwards and, you know, really enjoy themselves. And it was nice that they took the time, you know, they were really tired. They'd already done a show. They could have just gone back to the hotel, but it's nice that they came. They wanted to support us. And that's, what's nice. I think it's that British wrestling now has such a supportive atmosphere. Everyone wants everyone to do well, which is why the scene has grown as well as it has done. I'll tell you, day two, the show you're mentioning is Progress Super Strong Style. Yeah. Day two, not only did Jim mention your show in the ring, but yeah. actually the buzz around the room before the show started was, did you go to Progress? And oh my God, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So it kind of shows that I think there has been a, it's gradual, it takes time, but mm -hmm. the change in attitudes and change in culture is starting to come through. Yeah, people are working together, people are supporting each other, which is really, really nice to see. Um, I wonder if you, we, we had to, actually the guys from Pro Wrestling Eve in the studio recently, uh, we were talking about influences on female wrestlers because there weren't a lot of strong female kind of role models in the yeah. WWE brand. If you go through kind of the 80s, 90s, mm -hmm. there's one or two you can pick out. And you speak to a lot of women wrestlers and they'll actually say male wrestlers are the people that they kind of fell in love with and wanted to emulate. So who was it for you? Who were the influences as far as you were concerned? When I was younger, I was always a Bret Hart fan. Um, Great. So it's quite funny because at the time I hated Shawn Michaels with a passion <laughs> because I just watched it purely as a fan, not from being a wrestler. So like, whereas now I grow up and watch back, I'm like, he's amazing. But clearly he did his job well at the time because me as a young girl watching as a fan, hated his guts. Um, so yeah, I loved, loved, loved Bret Hart. I loved British Bulldog because to me it was, you know, oh, this is someone from Britain who's, who's done this. So that was great. But for me, it was, you say there weren't many women. I was awestruck by Lita as soon as Lita came about because I was like a bit of a tomboy at, at the time when I, when I was when I was younger and I think she sort of represented that for me you know she was hanging out with the boys and she was getting in the ring with the boys doing all these crazy moves doing these moonsaults so to me that was I really looked up to her and she was like an inspiration for me growing up not at the time an inspiration wanting to be a wrestler because as I said it didn't wasn't something that registered for me but just as a character and everything she did that was, I, I just wanted to be Lita. Like she, I just thought she was the absolute coolest. I wanted to be Lita. So that's yeah. fine. I, I get it. I absolutely get it. Um, the, uh, the other match, I said there was a couple of matches that, uh, that I kind of alerted me to, to you mm -hmm. personally, was at the Progress 1978 show where they oh, yeah. didn't advertise any women's matches. Then you and Isla came out and did the whole kind of bit about let us wrestle. And, mm -hmm. and yes, there was a comedy element to it, but actually also I thought it was interesting how it highlighted how much things have changed. Do, do you feel like there is, even now that the culture is changing, you still have to, I don't know, uh, there has to be a higher standard almost because people still look at it and go, oh, it's women's wrestling, not... Yeah, absolutely. I think going out there as a women's match, especially if you're the only women's match on the show, there's some promotions where there's still a stigma about it and they'll still treat it as the women's match. So I think the only thing we can do is go out there and try and have the best match on the show. Like that's... That's the goal. You have to go out there and set the standard higher. So even if you're, like, say, it's your second match on the show, you're like, no, I'm going to go out there like we're going to have the best match on on the card. Um, there was a so actually it was a match with me and Tony years and years ago on like a smaller promotion before women's wrestling was sort of getting that much bigger. And then um, the promoter sort of always jokingly told us off like, what? You're the women's match. You just went out and had the best match of, of the night. You're not allowed to do that. That's not what you do. Um, I mean, said, said, said in a jokey sort of way, but even that sort of shows like 
how things have how things how things have changed. It's funny. I like even though I'm sitting here and I'm saying I think the culture has changed. Mm-hmm. I, I, at Wednesday night at the show in uh, at Camden, there was still almost a surprise that prior to the the main event with the title change and that was obviously what the mm-hmm. buzz was afterwards. Prior to that the best match on had been that number one contenders match with Tony killer, in and actually match, some people match. are like there are still some people like oh my god that's incredible I'm like hold on they've been doing this for years we've seen how good this is yeah wow. they had they had a match last year that was like one of the best matches I saw of all of last year so it was, wasn't a surprise um, wasn't a surprise to me but yeah brilliant, brilliant match and I think that's the great thing you do still get some people that say like oh for a women's match that was really good but a lot of the time it will still be held up as you know people can say oh that was the best match of the night and it will have been a women's match and so it's it's taking time it's not going to happen overnight but i'm really happy with how the direction of it is going as to how well women's wrestling is being accepted and it's sort of steadily being treated on the same sort of level and and uh, you know the level of talent in nxt uk is incredible from yeah. yourself through we mentioned Isla mm-hmm. Ginny Tony uh, like, you know, and, and guy, you know, there's girls we haven't seen yet who we'll see tonight that yeah. will continue yeah, there's to like, show um, Charlie Morgan who debuted on the Albert Hall show as well so an amazing talent as well so we're, we're really lucky that we've got a good a really great division so I think moving forward um, we're so lucky and we're really excited to absolutely knock it out of the park and show why we're such a great women's division and show how good women's wrestling can be. How did your first kind of contact with WWE, how did they first come to you and approach and give you the idea that this was a possibility? Um, that was sort of early, earlier on in the year. My first contact with WWE was um, four years ago when I was literally only been wrestling about a month or two. Um, I got the opportunity to be a rosebud, which was really, really exciting. So that was very surreal. I was like, I've only been doing this a few months and I'm going out there at the O2. Um, so that was really cool. Then I had a tryout about a year and a half later. So I think because I had a contact there, I just every now and again send match footage, say, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. Um, but, you know, it's a case of timing, what they're looking for at what time. And then it just sort of happened to be the right time um, that they're doing this. And yeah, really flattered that they wanted me to be a part of it and really, really, really excited. So it's sort of, been a very quick process you know sort of a few months ago it's all just sort of su- suddenly spiraled and now it's this new brand which you know it's really exciting to be a part of and as much as we talk about culture change mm-hmm. and, and the positivity towards women's wrestling there is still an issue with the number of bookings not matching up and the number of opportunities not matching up when it's come to your relationship with wwe at the moment has there been have they said anything to you about we've heard about the men's not being able to wrestle in certain promotions and only being able to wrestle with certain people at the moment, have they given you any kind of restrictions or are you just go off and keep learning and then come back to us better? Or Yeah, so at the moment, I'm quite fortunate that, you know, there's a lot of promotions I can still work for. Um, so I can still keep honing my craft, keep getting match experience, keep getting my name out there, which is really nice. It's nice to have the opportunity to, to, to be able to do both. So, you know, it's nice for them to have that freedom with us so we're not, you know, tied down as much as some of the people are in the US because, you know, we all love British wrestling so much. So we like being able to go and work work all these different places so it's nice that we still get a chance to do that and the final question because i know you've got to go off and get your yeah, bus yeah. <laughs> um evolution announced this last week on raw yes. first ever women's pay-per-view what was your reaction when when stephanie mcmahon made that announcement i was i was, I was speechless because obviously because they're they're timed in the u.s that's the first thing i see when I, when i wake up in the morning it's amazing and i think 
the timing is so right because the women have kept being given these opportunities for being the first this, the first that. So I think they've shown that, you know, we can handle this spotlight now. And it's great that all these different brands are going to be featured as well. So it's going to feature, you know, the May Young Classic final, an NXT match, NXT UK women's match. So absolutely buzzing for it and really, really hoping I get a chance to be involved. Even if I don't, I'm so excited to just watch it and to see them celebrate women's wrestling so much. Well, that, that was it. I mean, I was going to say, they've said there's going to be an NXT UK yeah. women's match and you, you mentioned the May Young Classic. Are you involved in the May Young? I'm not in, not in the May Young Classic. So, no. I mean, but there's still that opportunity with NXT UK. Yeah, exactly. So, so, from not being on WWE three months ago to being a pay-per-view could happen in the next few months. Exactly. It's, yeah, so surreal to think how much things, how much of things have changed and how much things have evolved, no pun intended. Um, but yeah, so really, 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 really excited about it. Awesome stuff, Nina. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Delighted to welcome Travis Banks onto the show. Trav, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm feeling great. Uh, first of all, because people who follow our show follow the indies. A lot of them were there on yeah. Wednesday and on Friday. So oh, how's, how's the shoulder feeling? Uh, it's okay, to be fair. Um, it's seen better days. Um, as I was just telling you before, I had to get put to sleep to get it put back in. It was pretty bad. But uh, yeah, this is the job sometimes. So yeah, it's okay. I mean, timing-wise, obviously, uh, difficult. But I think it was, and obviously we're not giving away any spoilers about the tapings, but you were involved on the first night yep. and got a great reaction yep. anyway. And how was all that for you? Uh, when I came out, I actually for totally forgot about the injury. Uh, when I heard the crowd, I was just like, let's go, let's do this. And as I was running, you know, I was like, oh, just remember about the shoulder. <laughs> In the back of my mind, I was like, remember about the shoulder. So, yeah, uh, it was great to, to hear the reaction of the crowd. It was unbelievable and uh, made a little bit bittersweet also as well. Just wanted to get in and get involved. So. Yeah, I can imagine. But, uh, you yeah, know, there's time. That's the yeah, main thing. There's still plenty of, plenty of opportunities. Um, I want to ask for you uh, coming to the UK initially mm. and getting your first opportunities at rest. How did that come about as a, a Kiwi coming out here and, and getting involved in the, in the UK scene? Oh, well, we're going to take it back a little bit. Then. We're going to take it back <laughs> a little bit. A little bit back, it's it's uh, the early days of NXT yeah. UK, so people want to know a bit yeah. more about people's backgrounds. Uh, so in 2013, uh, oh, well, even before that, I started in New Zealand, obviously. Um, there wasn't much wrestling at all in, or sports entertainment in New Zealand at all. And uh, I started working in Australia. I went to Japan for zero one, And then I needed to get out again, so I went to America. And when I was in America, um, I trained with... Uh, a wrestler called Davy Richards, and when I was with him, uh, I met 
Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews. Unbeknownst to me at the time how much of an important role they would play for, play for me in the future. But I met them and then I was sort of back home in New Zealand, humming and what to do with my career. And then I gave Pete a message and I said, hey, I'm thinking about coming to the UK. Can you help me out? And he said, come over. We'll look at you for attack pro wrestling and stuff like that. So I came over, no bookings. They didn't even, they didn't like promise me anything. Um, and then literally I just came here with no bookings, nothing, just about like $1,000 in my savings, £1,000 in my savings. And I was like, you know, I'm determined to make it work. And then I got here and I started working with um, T-Bone, Tyson T-Bone, mm-hmm. uh, sort of going around putting up rings with him. Uh, just just ring jobs, putting up rings at shows, like saying hello, making connections. And I, like the first two months were like the hardest. I think I might have got down to about 50 pounds in my savings. So uh, it was a little bit scary, but those were like my early days. And then I think it might have been Fight Club Pro that gave me my first big break. And I had a match with Zach Sabre Jr. It was an opening match and we went like 38 minutes. Wow. We got a got a, uh, standing ovation. And I remember after that match, everything started like rolling along and the buzz started picking up after that so those are like the early days um so yeah tyson t-bone was a big part mark andrews pete dunn those guys are a big part so yeah and now getting to work alongside mark and working with yep. pete and working with these guys in a wwe ring like did you ever think that three years ago two years ago i i remember just sitting in the locker room the other day thinking wow there's so many people from my past that have come back to like and it's just now the norm or like so many people have played an intricate or uh, integral role in what I do. Like it's it's really surreal, but I guess also not so surprising <laughs> that that everybody's here and we're all making it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, my first memories of, of seeing you were in a progress ring with TK, the South Pacific Power Trip. And I, I, what I remember really specifically is the moment where uh, TK and Dali were leaving that night. The reaction you guys got as they were. Yeah, is it was that was going to be their last show visa reasons meant they had to go back to yeah. New Zealand and it was amazing to see if for a British crowd just how over you guys were by mm. that point and I, well, I can't imagine how great it was for you to see something like that it, it, it was awesome because I <clears throat> I actually uh, had a big hand in training TK and Dahlia so to have a moment like that where the crowd was so appreciative of all of us was was amazing for me personally but uh but also a culmination of so much hard work and so much stress and frustration of like, of us trying to just get to a platform that could like show us to the world. And that's what progress gave us. And then for them to then, their visas run out and it all seemed to like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Like, obviously it worked out in the end, but at the time it was just a real like upsetting and frustrating experience. Because well, it is, it is weirdly bittersweet, I guess, because First of all, the moment they return, that was unbelievable, wow. however yeah. many months that was later. But actually, what we then got from you is we'd seen you as Indie Marks, as a great tag wrestler. Yeah. But finally, in progress, we see, saw you got a really strong singles run off the back of that. Yeah. And we all know where that then progressed <laughs> to, pardon the pun. So, like, yeah. it's got one of those things, it's making an opportunity out of what must have been a difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love tag wrestling, singles has always been, like, my bread and butter. Like, I always like to be like in control of the situation for myself you like this one keep going I'll, I'll get it to work again or I won't and we'll just have it in the dark that's yeah. fine I don't um, so so yeah as soon as like progress said to me you know this is a horrible situation um, this is a horrible situation with TK and Dahlia 
but this is where we want to go with you. I was just like, yes, this is exactly what I want. This is this is what I came to the UK for. I wanted to show the world what I can do as a singles wrestler. So, And then you pick up the title, go on what ends up being the second longest run in progress history. <laughs> Controversial run. But well, that's what I'm particularly <laughs> interested by, that kind of juxtaposition because you were so over in, as a tag wrestler yeah. and then you get in singles, you get the title. and the, yeah. At what point they say to you, right, we're going to give you a run at being a heel, being a being a villain. Well, I don't think I had much choice with the way the fans were treating me. But uh, <laughs> um, I and to be honest, like I I didn't do anything different. I wrestled the same. Like, even when I was a bad guy, I still wrestled the same. And people, they people just flip flop on their their decision. There, they were like, <laughs> well, when Pete Dunne had the title, they were like, oh, there's too much shenanigans. We want a real wrestler, and then. I came along, the real wrestler, and they're like, no, we don't want this anymore. We want <laughs> something else. So I tried to give them that, and they're like, we don't want this anymore. So it was, at first, it kind of bothered me a little bit, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run with this, I'm gonna, and I'm going to have as much fun as I can and, and see where we can take the title. So And that's it. Yeah. It looks like you were having fun. Like <laughs> I think about really like, yeah. like Super Strong Style, the promos you were cutting yeah. there, and I was just like, this is a different human being to the one I was watching 18 months ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's probably more closer to my personality just uh trolling people a little bit i guess uh <laughs> trying to get a rise out of people was was probably one of my favorite things with the progress wrestling title so i love the idea of like people being naturally a client being either a heel or a face and like yeah. playing against your type but actually like i always thought and everyone every wrestling fans always thought what they would do but i always yeah. thought being a heel would be a lot more fun i just thought you <laughs> yeah. could do a lot more with it and yeah, yeah. and like you say shenanigans isn't necessarily a bad thing if it's done no, the right way. i think is it, if it's entertaining and it's get a, getting a reaction i think it's a good thing so and look at the payoff at, with wednesday and stuff like that so and and wednesday was unbelievable <laughs> both for i mean it was a great match anyway and having tk and the, yeah. the having tyler coming back and getting involved as well but walter isn't ridiculous talent he's the first yeah. guy to hold the progress pwg and wxw right. championships yeah. no one's ever done yeah. that before so yeah. actually is there a little bit of like okay i'm gonna drop it but at least it's going to a little bit, but I, I also I worry for Walter that he will that the fans will then turn on him as well. But I'm sure he is a professional; he can deal with it as as I have. So, how tough is it going into? Because you, I mean, you're a tough guy and you've quite an aggressive style. Mm. But going up against someone that big who is going to be going so big with the moves and yeah. uh, what does that challenge represent? Differently? Actually, when I started very first started training, everybody that trained with me were massive guys. So I'm actually used to it. And uh, to be honest, I prefer, I prefer more of a physical style of match. Um, the harder I get hit, the more energy I'll exert sort of thing. And I think it, uh, the crowd will feed off that more. So does that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I, I like it. I enjoy being beaten up a little bit as you can tell by the shades of my chest coming out of most matches <laughs> well i was thinking you know coming to the uk was that's why it was ideal for you tends to be kind of smaller guys tends to be you know but but no you want to get slapped about no, so that's fine <laughs> uh, um tell me a little bit about your your wwe your nxt uk journey how did they first kind of approach you when did you know it first become a reality that this might happen for you um oh man I think the very first time I met William Regal, uh, and he, he may have floated the idea in my head, it was at a Hope show, and I wrestled Joseph Connors in the opener, and it was the very first time he seen me, and then since then he'd just been in contact 
continuously. Like nothing to do with maybe being a part of WWE, but I just felt now I had that connection, I was getting a little bit closer to it. And then I think we went out to Orlando and we did Access. It was me and TK. And we wrestled like, I can't remember who I wrestled. I wrestled like Mark and Wolfgang on Access. And then I thought, okay, I'm getting a little bit closer. But at no point did I ever truly think it might actually happen. Uh, and then I did Access last year, it might have been. And then, yeah. And I wrestled Noe Jose as the Progress World Champion, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite a, a surreal experience. Uh, so I've got to win in the WWE as a Progress World Champion over Noe Jose. I thought that was quite, quite awesome. Uh, but then, yeah, then after that access, they, they gave a, they gave us the nod that this might be a reality. And obviously, since the first NXT championship, everybody's like vying for those positions. But, uh, but yeah, and then, and then it all became a reality. Like, it just sort of happened, and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually happening now. Is that kind of a buzz on the, on the indie scene? When that first tournament happened, and obviously, yeah. you know, you've got the 16 guys who got to do it, but yeah. then everyone's like, right, what do I need to do to yeah. grab my opportunity? Definitely. Uh, I was sitting with British Strong Style the next day after the tournament. We were sitting in some restaurant, and I was just watching their phones just <laughs> continuously lighting up, and I was like, that's where I need to be, right there, my phone, <laughs> constantly draining battery. But, uh, um, yeah, it was definitely a buzz, and I think, I think it opened a lot of guys' eyes that, that making it isn't that far away. Or if we work a little bit harder, it's not that far away now, and uh, our dreams can actually become a reality. You know, and for some reason, I, th- I feel... I feel before this, everybody thought it was out of arm's length, but now it's like, it's right there. And a lot of guys, well, as you can see with all the Australian, New Zealand talent coming over, trying to follow what I've done, uh, <laughs> which I, I've helped them come over and stuff. I think they think it as well. And it's a, I think it's a massive inspiration for every independent wrestler that um, they can make something of it. Who is there from New Zealand, Australia that we should be aware of, those kind of Antipodeans who are coming out here and that you're helping get out here? I'm sure you're aware of most of them, are Aussie Open, those two guys. Um, there's a new guy who's been wrestling in CMLL Mexico called Niwa. He's just come over, he's my best, uh, best friend, I started with him. So probably those two more than anything, uh, those three guys more than anything, they're like really work, hard workers, so I'd put those guys over. I saw we yeah. saw... Um, Carl wrestled with uh, when they did the New Japan Red Pro shows in mm. Milton Keynes and, yeah. and the reaction was just incredible and again yeah. when you follow these guys and when you see them first come through and first come yeah. over then see a moment like that yeah. like obviously it's their moment but you do feel a yeah. little bit kind of like <laughs> like it's your moment too and I think that's, a, that's the beauty of professional wrestling we all feel like it's, it's a part of us like those moments are a part of us so that's probably what we like to we like to you know, hear and see that that's great that to hear fans feel that way about us when we do things in wrestling. So was that, was WWE always the goal? Was that always where you wanted to be? Um, <laughs> when I first started, it was literally just to have one match. I was just like, I, I remember watching, I don't know how I could take a power bomb. I don't know how I could take a choke slam. I'll probably die. And then I started training and I was just like, you know what? I could probably, probably have a match. And then I had one match and I was like, all right, maybe I'll have 10 matches. And then it was all, always goal-driven, and the steps kept like building up. Then I'll win a title, and then I'll go overseas. And then, uh, and then there, all of a sudden, WWE became a reality, and I was like, well, that's, that was probably the goal. I'd, when I trained in Japan, I thought maybe Japan was probably the outlet. But I wasn't, and to be honest, though, I wasn't even, like last year in, in the UK, I, was, I wasn't even worried because the UK was doing so well. Um, I was, I, 
four or five bookings every weekend like i was real busy all the time and i wasn't even that bothered and then WWE came around and i was like actually that was the goal oh yeah let's go do that <laughs> but i wasn't even thinking about it and i was just like oh okay yeah but yeah so yeah i guess it was so. i think what was really cool as well about the, the royal albert hall shows is that obviously you didn't win the thing but the mm. way that you were featured in terms of the injury carrying that to the next match the the you know the stuff with uh, uh with the coffees like there were little hints of what could happen when the show starts yeah little storyline stands put through and, and actually getting to see you as one of the guys they, they were mm. putting in those positions must have been really cool yeah oh yeah to be to have a featured spot on a show like that was and it also it was like it really motivated me i was like let's i'm gonna do such a good job like oh i'm gonna try to do such a good job and hopefully the fans um receive it well but uh yeah it's been it's been pretty surreal since the <laughs> since the tournament um just social media like out in public in general like just people noticing you and stuff so that it's been pretty cool did you have any awareness of the royal albert hall the history that stuff when you came over because obviously you know yeah. british people know the they know the proms they know <laughs> what that's about but it's not necessarily for someone from new zealand like why is everyone having such a big deal about this uh, i always had this joke that uh isn't that where hitler's testicle is <laughs> and everyone was just like this is just a song i was like i know i know but uh um, no, I do, I do know the history. Um, I'm a big fan of like comedians and stuff like that, and everybody always talks about working the Royal Albert Hall and stuff. So uh, to be the first New Zealander in 55 years to even perform at the the Royal Albert Hall and then also main event it was uh, pretty surreal. Also, it was the first time WWE been back in however many years. So yeah, it's pretty surreal. And like after it happened, it's just done. But then you like think to all the history and everything that's that's come before it, and I'm like, well, that is it. That's pretty crazy what I've done. But uh, I always try and stay humble and focused on the next goal. But it, it's it's nuts to think. And when people tell it back to me, I'm like, that's that's great. That's awesome. Um, I, in terms of for you now going forwards, obviously you're in here. You're you're involved in the TV. It's a mm. shame about this first set. But do you have? any goal in mind you talked about those little goals going forward yeah you know it's difficult i guess you're not in charge of what you do but we were just saying with zach you've got to be the one badgering you've got to be the one having those yeah. conversations so do you know what you want to do is it get involved in the tag is it continue with the singles what kind of well i think if my independent runs anything to go by and my history with pete dunn is anything to go by i would assume that that i would like that that for history to repeat itself almost uh, I really want the title uh, as I said I like singles way more than anything and I want to be a prominent player in the UK brand and I want people to you know see me that way as well so yeah definitely the title 100% that's, that's my main goal we were, we were joking last night do you think Americans think that New Zealand is part of Britain because of the the smaller flag inside the flag have they got confused about it because we've got you got Dakota over it's just like yeah uh, <laughs> but oh, the amount of people that said he shouldn't be in the tournament you know it's part of the Commonwealth uh, I don't know but yeah well, I think you've proven that you deserve to be <laughs> yeah. part of it, surely. And I've been here for like three years, too. So, hey, man, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you feel, again, I'd ask Zach about this, but what do you feel you've learned in these past three or four months since this has become a reality that you weren't bringing into your wrestling before that? Has it been, uh, you know, 
a huge learning curve for you working with the guys like Matt Bloom and William Regal and Triple H or Michaels guys like that? I think uh, I think if anything is like it's kind of reassured what I was doing was right. Like the way I like me and Pete and stuff like, would conduct ourselves in the independent scene was the right way to go about it and it kind of led us to here. And obviously now they're just kind of polishing us and getting that indiness about us, I guess, uh, out of us. But uh I I don't I just it's pretty much the same. Like everybody's super happy with the way we work and stuff. But yeah, I guess the most surprising thing is that for the most part we were on the right course or we thought the right way about things. So, yeah. Has it in any way changed your approach the other way to when you're wrestling in the indies? Uh, not really. Just go all out. <laughs> uh, not really. I just uh, yeah. I just when I go back when I'm working independence now, I just try and part my knowledge of what I've learned here with the guys there so that it makes it easier for them to come up and hopefully make a career out of it as well. And then we know that, obviously, from WWE and the great stuff with the Royal Albert Hall and everything is fantastic, but also you've just dropped your title in progress. There's a rather big show coming up at the end of September yeah. uh, at Wembley, and there's this new situation that they're building with the three wins. So, I mean, sure, short-term goals... Getting on that Wembley bill, I would have thought. Uh, yeah, short-term goals, definitely. And I'm sure, knowing myself in progress, I will find a way to get onto that Wembley bill. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, even if I have to uh, beat up some crew members or hold progress at ransom or, I don't know, <laughs> maybe they could finally give me that company car they promised me. Right. <laughs> so you can get back in there and get slapped around so, by yeah, Walters yeah, and yeah. that's the point. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's the end goal, isn't it? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, brilliant stuff, Trav. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, Nina Samuels, Travis Banks, both really enjoyable interviews. Let us know what you think at Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter. So on Tuesday or Wednesday this week, we'll do, well, no, Wednesday this week, so we need to have seen SmackDown. We'll do a big SummerSlam preview, a big NXT TakeOver Brooklyn preview. Looking forward to a massive weekend of wrestling. Plus, we'll review the finale, the climax, if you will, of this year's G1 Climax. Um, I'm really excited about Raw because Renee Young is going to be on commentary for the entire thing. How yeah. great is that? I think that's a really good step, isn't it? And uh, am I right in thinking that the commentary team for the May Young Classic is, isn't it Beth Phoenix? Uh, well, she does. Yeah, I, don't, I think I know that uh, Renee Young does the does the commentary for that. But yeah, alongside Beth Phoenix, maybe. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, she's doing May with with uh, with Mauro, and um, and uh, yeah, it says she's doing Raw, which is really positive, and hopefully it goes well, and hopefully it becomes a more regular thing. She was superb when she did NXT. She'll kill it at the Mae Young. She's going to be brilliant on Raw, and they should make it a permanent thing. We don't need Coachman. <laughs> I was about make to say, who would you kick off the panel? Like if you had to kick someone off, off X Factor and you're going for Coachman. Good. Easy. That was an easy choice. Right, John. Been the I'm coach. Gonna leave. You can do the shilling and say goodbye, and I'm going to say, love you, bye. All right, bye-bye. Have you gone? Oh, he's gone. Good. Uh, well, uh, all I'm going to say is the usual. Please uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, it does matter. It means that more people see the podcast. It means we get more exposure. We get better guests. And uh, you'll enjoy the podcast more. Simple as that. And uh, don't forget, uh, one of our uh, sponsors is uh, Urban Species, who make amazing uh, wrestling, but also comic book and just really badass T-shirts. Uh, so check out Urban Species. We've got a code on there, which will get you 10% off. It's Mark's 10 
10 simple as that um if you want to see some ideas of the t-shirt uh, have a look at our uh, twitter or our instagram at pro wrestle show um i've got an amazing uh, chris jericho t-shirt will's got an amazing royal rumble t-shirt and you know if you're going out to SummerSlam next weekend why not look really cool in a nice t-shirt uh, that is literally everything for now as will said just now we're going to do a massive show next week previewing everything across SummerSlam weekend and he's going to get a proper g1 chubby thank you very much for listening this has been the pro wrestling show